Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, Indestructible Souls. It's been a few weeks, and I want to thank you guys for your continued support and all that good stuff. And once again, this is Indestructible Souls, the podcast for mental wellness for African-American men and boys. And there's been a lot going on in the media that we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, and I wanted to, I wanted to promote a couple of things. So the first thing is our group, Hearts of Men, Mental Wellness Group for African American Men, moving forward together. The next group will be May twelfth at seven p.m. This group is free. You can go check it out on Eventbrite and register there or you can send me an email at heartsofmen at beauregardtherapy.com this is a zoom meeting until we get back um, to be able to do things in person this is a safe space for black men to talk about the various things that we face each day to build community and to just build a camaraderie amongst us as black men the other thing I wanted to just let you know, I am the proprietor and primary therapist for Beauregard Therapy. And you can also see me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can get more details on psychology today. So let's get to it. So there's been a lot going on in the media and I have a whole lot to say and frankly, you know, just the things that's been going on as a black man, nothing, there's, a, there's a lot I want to say, and I don't know if I'll be able to get it all in, in this, in this, in this episode, today's topic really is, is going to be about vicarious trauma and how or, or secondary trauma, and I think a lot of times people underestimate or are not aware of all of the things that we see in the media and we see that affect us and the ongoing, you know, atrocities that are perpetuated against Black men, young Black men, and Black people in general. I think a lot of times we forget that those things have lasting effects on us, especially when people look like us, especially when it's constantly being done to our community. So I was going to do, and I, and I am going to do a show on uh, athletics and mental health, but I felt it was prudent to, to postpone that to, to talk about this very important topic. And the reason why this topic is so important is because there's there continues to be there continues to be so much going on in the media and in the world when it comes to young black men black people being mistreated murdered um and just you know mistreated by people under the the color of authority and and I'm I'm going to try to get through this without getting too upset, I'm, I am upset. 
but I want to connect a few things. And so since the last episode, I, di I did the episode on with, with Dr. Will Greer on literacy and black boys and literacy. And in that episode, we talked about the importance of the book, um, the autobiography, the narrative autobiography of Frederick Douglass. So since then, I've reread the book and I'm going to do a series on, you know, that book was written in 1845, but I'm going to do a series pretty soon. I have to put it together to, to show the parallels and how things from 1845 and the mentality, not just of, you know, people often want to talk about the slave mentality and those things, but I'm going to show how the parallels and how things have not changed since 1845 when it comes to the mentality of law enforcement, the mentality of white America, and the psyche of America. And, and you will be amazed at how things have not changed. The mentality has not changed. But I digress. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been amazed at how all of the things that's been going on in the media in terms of you, you had that, the, 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 the military guy who was attempting to punk, if you will, threaten the young black man walking in his own neighborhood but the funny part about that, and the reason why that's, you know, I bring that up first is this guy was active military. Oftentimes we want to talk about the American flag, the, 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 the military, our servicemen, and all of those things throughout Trump's entire presidency, especially when it came down to the you know, with the situation with Colin Kaepernick, everybody want to say, well, you're disrespecting the flag, you're disrespecting our soldiers. Here's something that Black people already knew. And it's funny when it comes to law enforcement and military, the fact of the matter is, and people forget history, but the fact of the matter is those organizations are havens for racist people who have embedded an innate racism those organizations are havens for them and so to see that this serviceman do this and people you know we weren't shocked and and i don't know how other people feel about it but to watch that and this is an active serviceman and, and, and when I say we're not shocked and, and, and all those things, keep in mind, we as Black people weren't always, uh, and maybe still now, I don't know, welcome in the military and or law enforcement. And people think those spirits and people think that that ideology and that mentality is gone. And the fact of the matter is it's not. 
So while we're saying protect, you know, what about the military? What about our servicemen? What about the flag? That serviceman threatened and and attacked and assaulted that young black man because of the color of skin, because he felt like he didn't belong in that neighborhood. But this is the same guy that swore under the color of our flag to protect Americans and to defend our country against terrorists, foreign and domestic. But that day he was the terrorist. And he's not the only one. Now, I'm getting to the, the vicarious trauma, but I'm, I'm getting to the trauma, but you gotta understand, I'm pointing out different events recently that has been traumatic. And me watching, and, I, and I've seen, we've seen all the shootings, we've seen all of those things that's been going on, but that one struck a chord with me. And I don't know if the young dude could fight, I don't know if he was, you know, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, had I been walking through that neighborhood, he wouldn't have did that. Had somebody a little bit taller, with a little bit more muscular, he wouldn't have did that, or he would have came out with a weapon. To see our servicemen take advantage of that kid, or attempt to, and attempt to bully him and assault him was, for me, it was traumatizing and struck a chord because I don't like bullies and I don't like people in general that will try attempt to attack somebody that's weak, they appear weaker than them. And I guarantee you, had it been two people, he wouldn't have came out. that bothered me. But when we talk about trauma, how many times, how many times have we been attacked, lynched, arrested, brutalized for being in the wrong area? Because of racism. Those are traumas that we all carry. And I'm gonna explain trauma and secondary trauma. But when we look at what's going on in the media and I wanna connect this specifically, specifically to what's been going on because if you're experiencing some of these symptoms when we talk about secondary vicarious trauma and I know some of the professionals out there are probably like, well, that's not what vicarious trauma is because in general, vicarious trauma, when you look at professionals, it's how somebody in the health profession begin to experience the trauma of their clients or the people that they're working with. But when we live vicariously through people or when we connect to people personally based off of gender, race, um, ethnicity, and all those things, when something happens to someone else and we continue to see that, we begin to own that in our body and our spirit and our minds and our emotions. So therefore, what I see in the media that's happened to other black men, that affects me traumatically. You know, often, you know, not, not to, to diminish the effects of 9-11, but watching 
that stuff over and over and over again created anxiety and trauma throughout the country, throughout the world. So seeing black men, black boys, boys of color, women, constantly being mistreated under the color of authority in this country is, is traumatic. We just recently had the verdict of, we just recently had the verdict of, of, of the George Floyd trial. And I, I intentionally didn't watch the trial. I didn't watch it, you know, I did hear, did watch the verdict come down and they still haven't did the sentencing. And I don't expect much from the sentencing. That's just, it's just my belief. But that brought up the Rodney King, that brought up every other incident incident that we as black people have not gotten our justice and i felt it and i and, and in my seat i began to feel anxious and i be, began to feel upset waiting on that verdict every day that i drive to and from work or go somewhere believe it or not i wonder am i next what will happen if I get pulled over? What will happen if I get pulled over and my grandson is in the car? And, and what I've been seeing and what we've all been seeing is when someone is being stopped by the police, in my belief, dispute it if you want to, is based off of the gender and the color of the skin the attitude and the intensity and the aggressiveness of the stop instantly change when it's a black person or a black man. And it's funny how a lot of these, a lot of these incidents are being elevated for minor traffic infractions. All of a sudden they become these, these major felony stops, they become these major altercations off of a felony stop. I mean, off of a minor traffic infraction. We had the lieutenant, the black lieutenant who was maced and who was in uniform that was maced and taken out of the car because they stopped him simply because they said he didn't have a license plate, even though the car is brand new and the temporary plate was on the window. Hmm. I've had several new cars and nowadays they put the paper plate, but what I wonder is why often times a minor traffic infraction gets escalated. But here's the thing, and this, this is what connects back to the mentality that I talked about earlier. Me as, a, me as a citizen, if someone stops me, do I not have the right to act why? 
or or am I supposed to just allow you to do whatever it is you want to do and do whatever it is you want to do to me without me even asking why you're stopping? Then turn it into a felony stop where get out of the car, all these other things. Here's the thing. If I'm not on probation, if I'm not on parole, I still have the Fourth Amendment right, which protects me against illegal search and seizure. Here's the thing. Cops, in my opinion, look for probable cause and they look for felony infractions or felony behavior to escalate it. And then here we go. But we see too often, too often, that young black men are continuing to be misused by law enforcement while other people are more aggressive and nothing happens to them. So I could say a whole lot more, but I won't because we had all of these things. And, and if you looked at my pro, promo, I put a picture in there of Yusef Hawkins. Some of you may not know, but he was basically killed being in the wrong neighborhood in Bensonhurst. James Byrd, who was drugged to death by in Jasper, Texas. We could talk about the Trayvon Martins. We could talk about Tamir Rice. All of these things that continues to happen. The problem is, is that this creates ongoing trauma for the Black community. So for me as a Black person, society when they see me, you know, I think my, my look is, I don't know, maybe you have to ask my family and friends. I think my look has softened up over the years. I don't know. But they don't see a business owner. They don't see a person with a master's degree. They don't see a licensed therapist. They don't see a licensed drug and alcohol counselor. They don't see a father, a, 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 a husband. They don't see a grandfather, they see a threat. So here's why I'm talking about this today, because we have to protect ourselves. You know, it's funny, oftentimes they talk about we as black people die young due to poor diet, and all that other stuff, right? What about stress and trauma? What about we die earlier because of the stress and the trauma that we carry on a daily basis? And even if it doesn't happen to us, so what is trauma? Real quick. So I'm going to get a little technical 
But trust me, I'm going to reconnect this back. So what is trauma? So trauma is an event, an experience, and an effect that happens on something that is frightening. It could be something violent. It could be a car accident. It could be sexual abuse. It could be just an, a, 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 a high stress event that creates a lasting emotional and physical and psychological effect. Now here's, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but here's the thing. You don't have to directly experience trauma to be traumatized. That's where the secondary or vicarious trauma comes into play. So what do I mean? I can witness a car accident and be traumatized. I can hear someone else's story and still have effects of trauma. I can be in an environment in a prolonged period of time and still be traumatized. And so what happens is traditionally this vicarious trauma comes from, so, so for, for me as a therapist, working with people with trauma, whether it's military, sexual abuse uh, victims or survivors, domestic violence survivors, is working with them for so long, I begin to, in a, in a, to make it plain, I begin to carry some of that trauma. However, for the point of this conversation is, me as a Black person, or we as Black people seeing all of these things happen in our community, whether it's a relative, whether it's somebody way across the world, when I constantly see these images and I constantly experience this anger and I constantly experience this, this stress, that I begin to take on that trauma. Now, believe it or not, the problem is when we talk about this type of trauma, it is very sneaky and it begins to weigh on you Sometimes slowly, sometimes, you know, you may not even recognize what's going on. So for us as black men, how do you think it feels to go out into society, out into the world, to our jobs, when we're constantly experiencing this subtle trauma or this vicarious trauma that we begin to experience, whether it's, like I say, it's on the job, we experience these microaggressions that, that are constantly input into our brain, and then people wonder why sometimes we do the things we do and why we're angry, but more importantly, why we're stressed. So I get the diet part, but what about living in a society that is constantly putting stress on you. What about that part? So when we talk about vicarious trauma, so basically vicarious means that you're, you're living or you're experiencing something through someone else that may or may not be directly affecting you. However, when we talk about 
vicarious or secondary trauma. It's the result of hearing or witnessing some type of pain that other people are suffering. When I saw that kid being approached and being bullied or whatever you want to call it, attacked by that military man, out of all the things that's been going on, I was ready to fly out and what is it, South Carolina? Let's go. Because what you did to him, do it to me. Let's rock with it. But watching that stuff and seeing it and seeing constantly policemen shooting people, policemen brutalizing. You know, it's funny. I just saw another clip the other day of, of them arresting a kid, punching him in the face, but telling him to put his hands behind his back. If someone punches you in the face, what's the natural thing you're going to do? You're going to protect yourself. But comply, put your hands behind your back while you're getting punched in the face. The funny part about it is the things they do to us and how they brutalize us, they couldn't take it on a good day. When you talk about, when you look at the drug epidemic that's been going on in the black community for years, it became the war on drugs. But the moment that stuff hit the suburbs and now they getting getting high and loaded off of heroin and, and Percocets and, and all these, these, these uh, uh, opioids, now all of a sudden it's an opioid epidemic. Where's the war on opioids? Where's the war on suburban kids who's taking their mom's psych meds? pain medication. Help me understand that. Now all of a sudden it's an epidemic, an opioid epidemic. But when it was us and y'all was shipping that shit over here, it became the war on drugs. Let's talk about it. Our kids and our people are still feeling the effects of the 80s and the drug epidemic. Then you wonder why we're angry. I mentioned this earlier when we talk about the physiological effects of stress, vicarious trauma. Stress, headaches getting sick all the time, anxiety. And here's the thing, most cats that I know, some of us even struggle to go out in public to large crowds because guess what? Or when we do, it's our job to protect our family and the people that we with. Because we understand, we understand things can go south real quick. But when we talk about not getting enough sleep, headaches, stomach problems. That's not always because of diet. That's because of stress and trauma. <clears throat> when you're constantly seeing people like you being brutalized, the emotional effects. 
being anxious, irritable, anger. I have seen <clears throat> I'm getting more and more black men to come to me for therapy. I am seeing so many broken men, black men. We get it from various areas. We get it from society. You get it from the media. We get it from relationships. People don't understand the stress and how emotionally challenging it is to be a black man. Let's talk about the behavioral effects. So if you're experiencing any of these, lashing out, don't know why you're irritable, isolating, withdrawing from people, just emotionally numb, missing work, not wanting to hang out with people, not wanting to be a part of. Those just a few. How does it affect us cognitively? Lack of concentration, memory, Here's a big one, being cynical, not trusting, not believing in good, have lost your faith in society, have lost your faith in, faith in the system, have lost your faith in people, being cynical, indecisive. And then here's another one, it affects you spiritually. Questioning your own beliefs and values and what's your purpose? Questioning your purpose, feeling hopeless, feeling disconnected from your own self, feeling disconnected from your higher power. Understand this. It's not easy being us. So when we talk about what's going on in this world and what we continue to see in the in the in the trauma that's it's that is constantly on our backs and and because we we you know we've made some progress okay because a lot of us are better off than what we were as kids or what our parents were we think things are all right until something happens. Here's the thing. The institution of America has not changed its idea of black people. And until it does, we have to stay on watch. We have to stay educated. We have to stay on alert. We have to continue to educate ourselves we have to continue to, to talk to each other and unite with each other if we got any chance. 
So people say, well, what do you do about this vicarious trauma? Well, ask yourself, are you experiencing some of this stuff? Okay. And if you are, here's some things we can do about it. And this is why we have the group Hearts of Men is simply because we need a space to talk about it. We need a space to talk about it. But I'm going to say this also. We as Black people need to stop competing with each other and, and trying to outshine each other and work together. But the first thing is we got to talk about it. So Black men, Black people, find you somebody to talk to. When you see stuff in the media, don't just swallow it. See, I'm the type of person, I'll just swallow it. You may not hear me say anything, but I'm thinking about it. We need to talk about it. Here's the other thing. Educate yourself. Well, JB, what are you talking about? What do you mean educate yourself? Well, first off, know what's going on with you internally. Secondly, when we talk about educating yourself, understand when we talk about this specific issue, understand what trauma is, understand that, okay, this is affecting me. But on, a, on another level, know your rights. Understand that things happen to us systematically and so forth. What else we need to do? I'm, I'm a firm believer that sometimes we have to disconnect. What do you mean disconnect? We take in too much negative information, sometimes for entertainment purposes. Sometimes we got to disconnect from the media. We got to disconnect from social media. We have to put in positive information. We got to read a book, maybe listen to some music, self-care, exercise, and so forth. But we got to disconnect from all this negativity. I'm not saying don't educate yourself and don't be aware, but what I'm saying is when you're constantly taking in negative information and seeing these ne negative experiences, that's what our brain remembers. That's what our body experiences. So we have to take care of ourselves. What's the other thing? Spend time with your family. your husband, your wife, your kids, so forth and so on, create positive experiences. If you haven't, and I know through the pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of family gatherings and so forth, but we gotta do what we gotta do. 
eat healthy. It's another thing we got to do. Be careful of what we're putting into our bodies. But when we talk about overcoming vicarious trauma and secondary trauma, we have to reconnect spiritually. Some things we don't have the answers for. But if you believe in a higher power, you believe in the universe, you believe in positive energy, you believe in God, got to reconnect. Here's the other thing, too. And I'm going to add this one in. We got to build community. You know, people talk about the ending of segregation and all that stuff. Okay. I'm not saying we should be segregated. But one thing it did do was tear down our community. It weakened our community. So many so-called Negroes was in a rush to get to the other side of the tracks that it diminished the power in our community. So fellas, young men, people, if you're experiencing any of the things that I talked about when we talk about vicarious trauma, talk to somebody. A couple of days ago, and I'm going to end on this note. A couple of days ago, I wrote this open letter. I called it open letter to my brothers. So I'm going to read it to end the show. It says, my name is Jonathan Beauregard. Some call me Johnny, JB, Bo, or just brother. You may know me from school or the neighborhood. Some may just know me in passing. If you have never been to my house or ever held a meaningful conversation with me, just know I'm with you. I'm sitting here on the patio thinking of how great we are, but for some reason, the world hates us. As black men, we are the most perceived threat on the planet. However, as your brother, I know your heart. I know the passion, the love, the pain, the struggle. I know the desire to be men, to be brothers, to be fathers, to be uncles, to be husbands, to be free, to be seen. The world do not see the weight on our shoulders. We carry each step we take. The world do not see us in the image God created us. In fact, the world tremble at our existence. Each day we face the world that do not want to look us in the face. Just know I see your face. I see the mask you wear daily and I see the truth behind the mask. Since being, since being brought here on the Mayflower, the Nina or the Santa Maria, we have been running for our lives. Running from the overseer, running from the lynch mob, running from the police and sometimes even ourselves. We run, we jump, we hide, we smile, we bow. We play along just to evade the warrant that has been placed on our head. The bounty on our heads never expire. Each day we go to bed and wake up 
is just another day to survive the bounty. I know what it's like to smile when you feel like crying. I know what it's like knowing, not knowing is today the day that comes due. I know what it's like walking in the room and feeling the cold air with by shouting, you don't belong here. Just know I'll run with you, I'll stand with you. As a black man, I walk with strength and pride, knowing my blackness is power. I know who we are and what we are. We are God. Today, I ask my brother to stand with me. I need you and you need me. Together, we are God's infinite power manifested. As my brother, I love you and I honor you. But most of all, I see you. This has been Indestructible Souls. You can continue to check me out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, weekly, Sundays at 7 o'clock. And with that, I leave you. Good night. Thank you.